Do you desire to please God with your life? Do you struggle with sinful thoughts and sinful habits? Let's face it, there's a conflict going on there, right? I mean, on the one hand, there's a desire to please God, and yet on the other, there's a strong desire to please self. Galatians 5.17 reminds us that the flesh is in conflict with the spirit, and the spirit is in conflict with the flesh. They're opposed to each other, making it difficult to do what's right. Can you relate? Well, welcome to today's episode of the Point of Purity Podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. This is episode 129, and in this episode, we continue a new series taking a fun look into the fictional story of Superman, and we begin to talk about how to be God's Superman. All right, guys, let's face it. Life can be confusing, even frustrating at times. Am I right? I mean, come on. We think we're doing okay. Life's coasting along fairly smoothly. We believe we're making the right decisions. In fact, I think at times we feel like we could rip open our shirt and reveal that big red S on the center of our chest. We feel on top of our game. We are indestructible and we're safe. We're almost convinced that everything's going to be all right when suddenly, wham, kryptonite. It comes out of nowhere, and we get slammed hard. You've been there, right? It's not fun. I mean, you're, you're trying to do everything right. You want to be a Superman of God. You're having your devotions. You're trying to have a consistent prayer life. You painstakingly struggle through Scripture memory. You're going to church more than just once a week. You faithfully put your offering in the offering plate as it's passed. And even though poopy diapers just ain't your thing, you're serving in the nursery department, complete with rubber gloves, clothespin on your nose, and a smile on your face. You lead your family in devotions. You massage your wife's feet. You even help out by folding your own clean underwear. And yet, in spite of all of that, well, the job seems to have stalled. You've been passed up once again for that promotion. The economy has taken another turn for the worse. Your house got broken into while you were out buying the third pair of shoes for the kids this year, and it's only May. The car conks out on you just two blocks from home. Gas prices are climbing again. The electric bill has skyrocketed. The refrigerator just died, leaving a puddle on the floor that is now leaking into the basement. And you have to run a child to the hospital to get a bone set and cast it. And on top of all of that, the neighbor lady is sunbathing in a skimpy bikini right outside your bathroom window. Stressed? discouraged, you toss up your hands in the air and you say, there's got to be more to life than this, right? I mean, otherwise, what's the point? Hey, it's tough being a Superman of God. Well, let me introduce you to a guy named Solomon. You've probably heard of him. I mean, he, he's the guy who asked God to give him a boatload of wisdom. He, he's the guy who had King David, the giant slayer, as a father, Bathsheba as his mom. He's, he's the guy who wrote the book of Proverbs and Song of Solomon. He's the guy who built a magnificent temple to the Lord. Oh, and, uh, and by the way, he's the guy who had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And I'm not so sure about the wisdom in that decision. But the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes tells us the story of Solomon's massive quest to try and find sense and purpose and meaning to his life. So let me lay out the plot line for you. Bored and frustrated with where he's at, Solomon utilizes his position and his power, along with every resource he could get his hands on, in an attempt to find happiness and significance. And yet, 
no matter how much money he put in the bank, no matter how many things he accumulated, no matter how many friends he made or how many different types of pleasures he pursued, he just wasn't happy. It wasn't enough. He couldn't find true meaning and purpose to his life. In fact, at one point in his search, exhausted, discouraged, he pulls out his journal, sharpens his quill, dips it in the ink, and summarizes his feelings of emptiness by writing these words. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. Chasing after the wind, Ecclesiastes 1.14. Hey guys, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever wondered at the end of the day, what's the point? Why am I bothering with this endless, mind-numbing routine? As Solomon continued to write, documenting his failed attempts at manufacturing and, and managing a constant state of happiness, he pens these words. When I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. You know, interestingly enough, a few years earlier, King David, Solomon's father, ran into the exact same frustrations. David penned it this way. He said, man is a mere phantom as he goes to and fro. He bustles about, but only in vain. He heaps up wealth, not knowing who will get it. Psalm 39, verse 6. Wow. Uh, what kind of a life is that? I mean, does, doesn't that sound satisfying? Hey, put all your energy, your time, and your attention, and all of your effort into acquiring lots of stuff, because in the end, it's not going to be yours anyway. Sure makes me want to swing my feet out of the bed in the morning. <laughs> How about you? Well, one might hope that Solomon would learn a valuable lesson from dear old dad. Hey, son, it's just not worth it to pursue life without God. Stuff won't make you happy. Trust me, I know. But Solomon, just like so many of us, chose not to listen to his dad. He had to learn the hard way, always the hard way. Near the end of his search, frustrated with his lack of results, it begins to dawn on Solomon that he had wasted his life by looking in all the wrong places. I mean, I, I, I can just see him in the palace, sitting on a throne that was inlaid with gold, decked out with all kinds of precious stones and jewels, surrounded by dignitaries who had come from all over just to pick his brains in the hope of hearing some great wise tidbit fall from the lips of King Solomon. And sighing, he, he, he rises from the throne. Strolls past the large hand-carved cedar doors that, that lead into his extensive library. And, and once outside, deep in thought, he ignores the beauty and the grandeur of the massive, unparalleled garden that he had built. And he continues on past the winery. And he's walking down the path that leads toward the lower pool. He hears friends laughing and having a grand time. But Right now, he just wanted to be alone with his musings. So he turned north and began to stroll along a path that was surrounded by blooming asphodels and hyssop and blue lupines, the pungent scent of the flowers and the multicolored butterflies that were flitting from blossom to blossom were lost on Solomon as he agonized over his thoughts. Stopping at the edge of one of his orchards, he plucked some fruit from the nearest tree. You could hear the crisp snap as his teeth sunk deep and the juice flowed freely down his beard. However, 
In his melancholy, the exquisite taste was lost on him. He stands there for a moment, head cocked to one side, listening to the bleating of his large flock of sheep off in the distance. Glancing to the right, he can see just over the top of the trees a glint of gold as the setting sun shines off the cupola of his enormous treasury. A faint sound of giggling briefly jerked him out of his reverie. The conversation grew louder and a small group of women from his harem walk past him, smiling as they go by. But he doesn't smile back. Standing there, Solomon comes to the stark realization that spending his life trying to find things that would make him happy didn't produce the final results he had anticipated. I mean, after all he had done, after all he had accumulated, after everything he had accomplished, he was still coming up empty-handed. He wasn't the superman he thought he would be. So, back in his private chambers, he pulled out his journal, and he makes this one final powerful entry. Here's what he writes. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12:13. Laying the quill down, he sits back, folds his arms across his chest and slowly shakes his head in frustration and just stared at those words he just penned. Oh, how could he have been so foolish? I submit that Solomon could have saved himself a lot of heartache. He could have saved himself a lot of frustration if only he had started the quest with God instead of King Me. My friend, could it be that there's a lesson here for you and I to learn as well? We would certainly save ourselves that same heartache. We would save ourselves that same frustration if we would just listen to Solomon's wisdom and the experience of his father David. Start with God instead of King Me. All right, we're going to hit the pause button until next week's episode. We're going to continue to look at some of the snippets from my book, Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel. Let me take you a moment and, and tell you about the book that this, uh, this current podcast series is based upon. <coughs> Excuse me. It's called, Are You a Superman? How to Become God's Man of Steel. It's available on Amazon. Here's, here's what I want you to know. It's a 12-week men's Bible study that you can do on your own. You can do with an accountability partner, or you can do as a small men's group in your church. Are You a Superman? Becoming God's Man of Steel is a fun, tongue-in-cheek look at what it means to be God's Man of Steel in a world that is anti-God, anti-Christ, and anti-Bible. I mean, let's face it. As Christian men, we try to be the superman of God that others want, that others need, that others expect us to be. And, and we'll do fairly well most of the time We'll present that spiritual man of steel persona to those around us. And yet, truthfully, when we look deep inside, we know that we're far from being the godly man that we want to be, let alone should be. In this um, 12-week Bible study, Are You a Superman of God? You will learn how to identify your personal kryptonite, that sin issue that keeps dragging you down. You'll learn not just how to identify it, but how to steer clear of it how to find your spiritual strength, your super spiritual strength, as you daily draw closer in your relationship to God's Son and you become the man of steel that God has equipped you to be. So let me encourage you, go to Amazon.com and purchase your copy of Are You a Super Man of God? Becoming God's Man of Steel. And if you've not yet subscribed to this Point of Purity podcast, 
Let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. Well, until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking. Thank you.